Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Well, gang, the week is just about halfway over. On your lunch break today, it will be half over because it is Wednesday. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, as Joey Martin just told you. Remember to rate, download, and subscribe to this program on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whatever podcasting app you care to use. Sorry again for that poor English. You can ask your smart device to play this program. Just ask it to say, hey, play Locked On Mariners Podcast, or any of the other programs here on Sloppin'. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You may also find me on Twitter at DC underscore Lundberg, L-U-N-D-B-E-R-G, if you are scoring at home. Today we are continuing our series looking at the top Mariners at each position in the team's history. And here with me once again to do it is Locked On Mariners contributor Jonathan Miller. John, welcome back. Thank you again for having me. You are welcome. Did you get a good sleep after the last show? Yes, it was very nice. Thank you. We're joking because this is Wednesday's program. We recorded Tuesdays just about 20 minutes ago. Anyways, today we are going to look at the second baseman and shortstop. The top three shortstops and second baseman in Mariners history, or we will do that if I don't become too tongue-tied, that is. We're going to start at second base where I have as, and we'll go 3-2-1 again because we'll kind of work our way from the bottom up. My number three second baseman I have as Harold Reynolds. And I will say for at both positions, John's list and my own are very, very different from each other. So this could be an inter- interesting program. Harold Reynolds I've got at number three, 1,155 games as a Seattle Mariner, 260, 326, 345 slash line, not much power. Did hit a lot of triples. He hit 48 triples as a Mariner. 200 doubles. Didn't really walk all that much. He was kind of more of a number nine hitter, but he stole a few bases, but he got caught also. Average defense kind of as a second baseman, but he did win three gold gloves. One thing I remember about Harold Reynolds, because people were kind of bagging on his defense and saying, well, he's not a gold glove caliber second baseman. He said, what am I supposed to do? Give it back? He's not wrong. (laughs) Number two, I have as Joey Cora. 544 games as a Mariner, 293, 355, 406 slash line. Definitely an offensive second baseman, 119 doubles, 187 walks. Did not strike out that much. His defense in 1995, which was his first year with the club, was pretty bad, but he improved a lot in 1996 and actually became something of a league average second baseman that season, and that carried over into his all-star season at 1997. I, if I recall correctly, John and I both have Brett Boone at number one. He played 803 games as a Mariner, 277, 336, 478 slash line, 143 home runs, 167 doubles, and 535 RBI. Ordinarily, when you have those type of numbers as a second baseman, that particular second baseman is not going to be very good defensively. That is not Brett Boone's case. He was a gold glove caliber second baseman in his time in Seattle. We'll get to my honorable mentions after John lists his top three second basemen of all time in Seattle. Go for it, sir. My top three second basemen, starting at the the number three spot, we have Jose Lopez, who in his time with the Seattle Mariners had a slash line of 266, 297, 400. He had 80 home runs, 431 RBIs, 189 doubles, 
I have 189 doubles. Yes, that sounds right. Okay. And actually made one all-star team as a Mariner. He did, yeah. He was pretty good for a while, and then it kind of fell off the map, I think, when the Mariners tried to move him to third base and it didn't work. It just kind of discombobulated him. Yeah, some players are not able to uh, adjust to the ball coming at them faster or the different range that's needed with different positions. Yeah. Uh, He just wasn't. Others are very successful at it. That's true. And I will also make note that this is the first time in this program that we have ever used the word discombobulated. (laughs) Very nice. I'm sorry. Who's number two? Number two on my list is Robinson Cano. Mm Mm-hmm. Who, if my computer will load, yes, his in his time with the Mariners, he had a two nine six three five three four seven two slash line. He had one hundred seven home runs, four hundred and eleven RBIs, one hundred and fifty nine doubles. It was pretty good defensively, if I recall too. Yeah, he was. I've heard some criticism saying that he he played up the middle so he was able to get to balls, but I I don't care where you play, he was able to get to balls and the runners were thrown out. That's just smart positioning. Cal Ripken was known for where he played on the field to be able to increase his range to get to balls that he ordinarily wouldn't be able to do. That's not cheating, that's just being smart. That's an excellent example because Ripken is not only a great ball player, but well-respected in all circles, pretty much. Yes. I could could go off talking about Cal Ripken, but uh, maybe I'll do that on Locked on Orioles. I don't know. Maybe I'll... (laughs) If they give you a guest spot, definitely. Number one on my list, I have Brett Boone, Mm -hmm. who in his time with the Seattle Mariners and he spent quite a bit of time with us he was with us for seven years at the start of his career and then later on but total he had a 277 336 478 slash line he had 143 home runs 535 RBIs and hit a 167 doubles and and again the defense was there yeah, he was definitely a gold glove caliber, and it was with Seattle, but it he also won a gold glove with Cincinnati, too. So he, yes. he was pretty much gold glove throughout his career. He was. His first tenure with the Mariners, I, I don't recall it because I was very young, but the Mariners traded him to Cincinnati with Eric Hansen, I want to say, who we talked about on Monday and got back and returned Dan Wilson, who I'm sure we're going to be talking about on Friday, and, of course, Bobby Ayala. Yes. Yeah. So I'm – yeah, that was a good trade, even though it did cost the Mariners a young up-and-coming Brett Boone, but it also netted the Mariners Dan Wilson. So, you know, it's kind of which would you rather. Yeah. <laughs> Honorable mentions for second base – one of them you mentioned, which was Jose Lopez, 873 games. You mentioned the offensive numbers. The reason he didn't crack my top three is because of his defense at second base. He was pretty inconsistent. There were some seasons where he was okay, and then some seasons where he was just very, very bad defensively. And I always think of second base as a defensive first position. My other honorable mention is Julio Cruz, whose numbers were not as impressive, nearly as impressive as I thought they were going to be. He played 742 games as a Mariner. I know his calling card is speed. His slash line was 243, 327, 307. So he had almost no extra base pop at all. Walked, you know, some of the time. Didn't have a real good feel for getting walks. 
but he did steal 290 bases, which is still the club record. He was only caught 59 times. And Harold Reynolds, I think, is number two in, in stolen bases. He was caught a ton more times, almost twice as much, over twice as much, pardon me, as Julio Cruz was. 228 stolen bases for Reynolds versus 120 caught stealing. And again, Julio Cruz is 290 in stolen bases versus only 59 caught stealing. And Cruz's defense was also very, very good for the time period. Pretty good range. John, do you have any other honorable mentions you'd like to mention? Uh, my honorable mentions are, and guys that actually, I believe, made your top three, Joey Cora and Harold Reynolds. All right. One more note before we go to commercial break, and that's about Robinson Cano. I didn't feel comfortable putting him on, on my list or even in my honorable mentions just because he was popped for PED use while he was a Mariner. I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And on that high note, we're going to take a commercial break, <laughs> but not before I pose the Mariner's trivia question to you, which today is this. The first Mariner... Blah, the first Mariner to bat in Safeco Field hit a double off Andy Ashby after working a full count. He was the starting second baseman that day. Who was it? I will tell you after the break. If you got a question for me or a comment on the show, please send an email to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I'll consider using it for the Friday Mailbag segment. Locked On Mariners will continue as soon as I untie my tongue. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. We are back on Locked On Mariners. The answer to the trivia question, the first Mariner to bat in Safeco Field hit a double. Starting second baseman that day, who was it? The starting second baseman for the Mariners that day was future third baseman David Bell. He has the first Mariner hit, which is a double in Safeco Field history. Moving on to shortstops, the top three shortstops in Mariners history. I will let John Miller go first in this segment, since I went first in the first segment. Who are your top three shortstops in M's history, starting from three and then moving your way up to the top? Thank you very much, sir. At number three, I have Unieski Betancourt, who had a 279-302-393 slash line. He had 27 home runs, 202 RBIs, 123 doubles. And I, I would expect people like the uh, shortstop second baseman uh, to steal more bases. I guess the Mariners just haven't had that. The Mariners have not had a lot of great base dealers in their history. Joey Cora was a pretty good base runner, but he wasn't the fastest guy, so he was not a great base stealer. And that's not that's not really something that the Mariners really valued during their heyday either because they were much more of a power team at that time and then when they got to pitching and defense at the turn of the century they still didn't have a lot of good base stealers they just had very they had smart base runners who weren't necessarily the fastest guys other than Ichiro obviously yes number two on my list I have Carlos Guillen mm -hmm. who has a 264 335 383 slash line with the Mariners. He had 29 home runs, 211 RBI, and hit 80 double and 16 triples. 
he was a good offensive shortstop. He had to replace the man who you're going to talk about next at shortstop after he left for that big free agent contract in Texas. And nobody expected him to put up the kind of numbers that the other guy did. But he's, I think he did a great job. I hate to use the word replacing, but he did a great job given the situation he was put in. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And gee, I wonder who number one is. Well, <laughs> you guys may have guessed it. My number one is none other than Desi Relaford. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yes. The man who was no. traded for, uh, oh, my God. Darn it. Oh, my gosh. What's the name of that pitcher? Never mind. I blew the bit. Go on. <laughs> I'm just joking. My number one is, of course, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Yes, of course. It couldn't be anybody else. Who, in his time with the Mariners, was just spectacular. He had a 309 batting average, 374 on base percentage, a 561 slugging. And I'm doing that intentionally because that means his OPS with the Mariners was 934. That is out of this world. Yes, it is. He had 189 home runs, 595 RBI, 13 triples, 194 doubles, and I mentioned stolen bases earlier. He had 133 stolen bases as a Mariner, was only caught 36 times, and I believe his Seattle Mariner was also a 40-40 man. Yes, in 1998. As a matter of fact, I still have a box of A-Rod's 40-40 Crunch. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's packed away in a box uh, somewhere. I'm looking at a pile of boxes to my left in my closet, and I, I know exactly where it is. It's just not out on display right now. My top three, my top number one shortstop is the same as yours, but I'll get to that in a little bit. My number two and my number three, I went a completely different route than you did. Like I said, with second baseman, which is a defense first position for me, so is shortstop. And that's kind of reflected in my number three and my number two players. My number three player, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, is Spike Owen. 462 games as a Mariner. He did not have very much offensive output. But look at the other Mariners, shortstops, in history. There's nothing there. Very little power. His defense was very, very good, which is why I put him at number three over my honorable mentions, who I will talk about in just a little bit. And if you want to talk about defense, then this second guy is out of this world. I think you know who it is. It's Omar Vizquel. 660 games. A little bit of a much better offensive player than Spike Owen was, particularly after he went to the Indians, where he became a valuable offensive player. But as a Mariner, he slashed 252, 309, 303, no power, didn't steal all that many bases. He did have 53 sacrifices. You know, that's something to be said, which is kind of a lost art in today's game, as far as I'm concerned. And of course, that excellent, spectacular defense. Number one is Alex Rodriguez. Uh, John mentioned the numbers already. He was not the best fielder in the world, but he was better than Guillen or, or Bentoncourt was and had a pretty decent defensive season in 2000. Who are your honorable mentions, sir? Yes, my honorable mentions are two guys that you previously mentioned, Spike Owen and Omar Vizquel. Ooh. And then I mentioned him just maybe because I'm a fan, but Gene Segura. Oh my gosh, Yes. Yeah, of course, Gene Segura, the Gene Gene the Hitting Machine, who played a pretty good shortstop and was a valuable offensive player. Yes, his slash line with the Mariners, 302, 345, 421. 
very, very good numbers. I was going to mention him also, and the only reason he's not in my top three is because he didn't play his tenure with the Mariners was not I, not really long enough to qualify for the top of all time. That's just me. Do you have anybody else that you want to mention? Uh, the only other player I would mention, is, but he's not really a shortstop. He was kind of a utility player. He was just so versatile, would be Willie Bloomquist. Ah, yes, Willie Bloomquist. I liked him. Rich Amaral was another one of my favorites, too. Could play all over the place. Good contact hitter. Amaral was a guy who could steal a base for you, too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he was fun to watch. He was very fun to watch. And the announcer on this program, Joey Martin, and I kind of have a... Uh, kind of have an inside joke where Joey will refer to Rich Amaral as the greatest player of all time. He <laughs> liked watching Rich Amaral too. My honorable mentions are a couple of guys that you mentioned. First of all, Carlos Guillen. I almost had him as my number three above Spike Owen, but his defense really was terrible. I looked at his numbers. They just were not good at all. And if he would have put up similar offensive numbers in Seattle than he did in Detroit, then he probably would have made the top three. He became something of a super utility guy in, in Detroit. They played him a lot of third base, left field, and first, mostly first base, I think. And he became a very, very good offensive player for a few seasons. Unieski Betancourt, his defense also kind of limp, uh prevented me from putting him in my top three, even though he was a pretty good offensive player. I always found Yonieski Bentoncourt frustrating because he wouldn't take a walk, could not play defense, and was one of the least coachable players that I can recall playing for the Mariners. My other honorable mention only played two seasons in Seattle, aside from Gene Segura, who John already mentioned, so I won't bother going over that again, but Craig Reynolds... 283 games as a Mariner, had a 273, 311, three slash line, little power, but did not strike out very much. Defense was okay, but, you know, kind of below average. He was an all-star his second year, uh, uh, 1978, I want to say, where he put up some pretty good offensive numbers. But again, for shortstops in Mariners history, aside from Alex Rodriguez, and I know that there are a lot of you out there who are going to be upset for talking about Alex Rodriguez in this light because you just don't like him very much considering how he left the team but look at his numbers he just far superior to anybody who's ever played shortstop in Mariners history with the possible exception of Gene Segura who just did not play for the Mariners that long Alex Rodriguez has to be the top shortstop in Mariners history that's going to do it for today John once again where can people find you on Twitter you can find me on the Twitter sphere at SeattlePilot69 Thank you very much, and we will see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen out there in podcast land, I do hope you'll join us tomorrow for left fielders and right fielders right here on Locked on Mariners. Please remember to download, rate, and subscribe to this program on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or whichever podcasting app that you can come up with. Ask your smart device to play Locked on Mariners podcast or any of the other programs here on the Locked on Podcast Network. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Follow me on Twitter also at DC underscore Lundberg. Ask your smart device to play Locked on MLB upon the conclusion of this program. Ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. This is Joey Martin letting you know that we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.